This is Tickets episode 73. Today we mourn an app that is no longer free. Welcome to the Technology and Higher Education Podcast for the week of May 3rd, 2010. Coming to you live, that's right, live, from the CU Online Studios here at the University of Colorado, Denver. I'm Brian Yonke, and with me, as always, is Anna Tai. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yes, in fact, welcome the show, welcoming the show back, too. We've had a little bit of hiatus while Anna decided to take... Um, some vacation back in her homeland of Australia. Yes. But but we're glad to have her back on this continent. Thank you. Yes, it was a wonderful three weeks of being away in the other side of the world. And, yeah, I was back, what, last Friday or so? so then yeah, last Friday. Just kind of getting back acquainted with the time difference and everything. So I feel good. So Excellent. Yes, looking well, forward to it. We're glad to have you back. We're glad to have Thank Tech you. Heads back on. Yes. Um, we got a jam-packed show today. We do. Got some really interesting things we're going to talk about. And quite frankly, why don't we go ahead and do that? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> She's just looking at me like, what the heck? Um, well, first things first, I wanted to talk about. It was news. It was about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, social, me social media company Ning, and that's N-I-N-G, uh, they announced some major changes to their... Um, to their web application, their website, their services, that's, in my opinion, kind of a big deal. And this is kind of stuff I want to talk about. Um, many, many educators have really been relying on the services that are provided by Ning um, to create these kind of small social networks. So let me just back up a little bit and just mm -hmm. kind of talk about exactly what Ning is exactly. and, and how... how um, it sounds like it's a uh, martial arts character or something. <laughs> well, um, basically what happened is, well, I'll talk about exactly what Ning is. Ning is a website that allows you to essentially sign up, create an account, and then um, create your own mini social networks. Uh, sm just like small versions of Facebook, is, you know, it gives you all that functionality to create this social network, invite people to be part of this network and contribute. <laughs> and there's been thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of social networks have, that have been created on this website, Ning. And, you know, all uh, all different reasons, you know, you're creating social networks based on, you know, music social networks, mm -hmm. uh, just all different kinds, music, food, social topics, you name it, there's probably a social network on Ning about it. Um, mm -hmm. Educause, ELI, I think it's EL, Educause Learning Initiative, I believe I recently joined up for a social, one of their social networks. You know, it's a place for exchanging information and contributing um, to discussions, um, sharing, sharing items and all that kind of stuff. And actually, in, as a whole, the education community has kind of embraced Ning mm -hmm. and they've been able to use it and in fact us as um, individuals who work with faculty we often um, talk to faculty about how they can 
create a social network for their class, for their online class, um, to, 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 take, to take kind of discussions outside of the course shell or outside of the classroom mm -hmm. and add another, another level to it. So that's really what how how Ning has kind of evolved in the last couple of years, and it's been you know it's been really successful. It's been a successful tool for us um, to kind of you know take it to the next level. Just a few weeks ago, well, yeah, a few weeks ago, they um, the current C or the CEO at the time had either stepped down or was removed. I don't remember the details, and was replaced. And they announced some major changes alongside with that about a month after the new CEO came in. And the big one is, and this is kind of one reason why Ning has gotten so popular, is that they um, decided that they're no longer going to have, allow you to have these networks for free. In, in other words, they're going to charge you to have accounts and set, set up a network and whatnot. And they didn't say anything more than that. They didn't say when this is going to happen, um, how it's going to affect um, current users, um, any of that stuff. They just said that this is going to happen in the future. And this is, this is really big. This is a huge deal because mm -hmm. there are so many institutions out there that are using these services. There are so many um, individuals that might be using it for their classes and whatnot. And in fact, myself, I use this in a class, a graduate class that I teach. Every semester I create one for that class mm -hmm. and we use it as a place to um, to do media embedding. Um, the cor right. cor course shell, the course shell that I use, we use the eCollege here for our online classes. And one thing that it does not allow us to do is it does not allow students the ability to embed items. And the class I'm teaching is actually a media class. We talk about embedding and things like that. And it's just, we just can't do it there. So one thing that I did was I created this Ning social network for the class and it gives the students ability to kind of have their own profile on there and allows them to embed things. And it's like I said, it's just kind of outside the walls of the university. And so I reluctantly this semester, because I believe it or not, our summer semester for this program that I teach and started today. Today was the first day of class. That's very early, considering that yeah, most it is. Um, programs graduate, what, another week or yeah, two? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because the current um, spring semester still got another couple mm -hmm. weeks. So so uh, going into this semester, I knew that Ning was going to eventually phase us out, and I'm just kind of looking at this as an experiment to kind of see what happens, to see, see and if they do decide to halfway through a semester cut out access for me and my students to this class, I will then probably um, use that as an opportunity to, to, to discuss with students these kind of things because this class is about media and e-learning and things like that. Right. Um, I'm going to use this opportunity to kind of discuss with them um, the whole concept of using um, services out there that may be free mm -hmm. and who knows what could happen to the, you know, these services in, in weeks, months, or years mm -hmm. and are they something that you can rely on? And, and I think this whole concept of um, Ning making these changes is opened up these questions again. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, a lot of um, universities have got to take this kind of um, topic that we're discussing as a, a major critical kind of um, um, focus that they need to, to pay more attention because you know, as more universities are cutting their budgets, there's going to be less money to spend on sure. software and all that. So it's obviously critical that we rely so heavily on all these free applications. But then should there be sort of some sort of teaching policy that becomes the standard or that actually be implemented so that 
if you're going to be using some of these free apps, you've got to do it at your own risk, whether you just trial it for a semester and maybe use something else, because they do come and go. Like, like right now, and a clear example is Ning, that how it's, it's gotten so popular and so many institutions have integrated into their course and curriculum, and now all of a sudden it's no longer a free mm -hmm. service. What do we do? Well, you know, and I think I think I think you look at it the right way. It's it's a risk you take. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one thing I always try to do is if I'm going to integrate something like this, and obviously it failed at this point, but I usually look at I look at these applications, I look at these websites, and I look at their track record and their history. And you know, I think to myself, I'm like, yeah, I think this is going to be stable. I think this will be all right. And obviously, right. it had been for the last two or three semesters I was mm -hmm. teaching this class. But now this semester, it's up in the air, and we don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's certainly a risk you, you're going to take. And luckily for me, it kind of fits in discussion of the class I'm teaching, and that's okay. But some of these other classes where you might have um, you, you know, it might be a little bit of a leap just to get students to use something like this and for it to go down and, you know, midway or, th right. or not, you know, mm -hmm. that, that's... It's just that's very destructive, I guess. Very much so, very learning. much so. Um, and, you know, I don't think uh, setting policies are the, are the right way of looking at this, you know. Mm -hmm. We're educators, you know. We're, we're teaching and we're learning and we're trying to figure this stuff out as it goes. So, um, mm -hmm. but that's certainly what could happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know... I'm 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 anxious to see what happens here in the future, um, with, with with Ning, with what they decide to do. I've seen there's a lot of other um, social media applications out there that actually offer up uh, adver ed educational uh, access mm -hmm. without having to charge. Animoto is one of those. I don't know mm -hmm. if they still do it, but I remember we were using those about a year ago, using Animoto about a year ago, mm -hmm. and if you were an educator, you could get a free account. Yeah. So so, so there's, there's things like that they might be doing. There's the possibility that they might regress a little bit and do some minor free access. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you're allowed to create one social network and you can have 20 people join that right. network, but if it gets bigger, then you have to start. Mm -hmm. I know they already have a, um, we already have one of those, um, what, what is the word I'm looking for? Oh, oh, Ning already has a pay structure, so there is more you can do if you pay. Sure. And, and what, what, what I'm using for my class is just a free account. And, and you'll find that with most of these free applications is that they they do have like a paid or premium service where it's you know several steps up from the free services where you get all these added kind of functionalities and tools. But obviously with the free, you're always kind of limited to certain um, bandwidth or size or storage capacities or limited um, accessibility to some of the tools mm -hmm. and, and, and functionalities that they offer. So again, I think when you are implementing or utilizing some of these free apps, you, you know you've got to look into does it actually serve its purpose in my course. We have so, uh, we have someone in the chat room that's kind of talking about how they had an issue that was similar to happened in one of their classes, where Google Docs took the offline editing away, oh, and wow. it, you know, and and that's that's a very classic example of just something happening unpredictable. You, you there's no control over this, mm -hmm. um, and and that goes back to the issues of staying within the walled garden of the university where things are, you know, they're going to be concrete. We're not going to change our e-college shower, blackboard, anything like that sure. without, you know, notifying. And then jumping out into essentially the, you know, the, the wild blue yonder and just trying to, mm -hmm. you know, see what happens. Um, and, you know, and I think that's, you know, that's 
something that we deal with on a regular basis. It's, I've had conversations with you know faculty, professors, and instructors about this kind of stuff, and there are, some of them are just kind of a little reluctant to jump out there and do that because of this. So, so there's certainly things that, that can happen. Yeah, I mean, especially today when half of these technologies and applications are progressing so rapidly, I think, you know, the, the lifespan of these apps is so short that mm -hmm. by the time they actually want to um, consider implementing for their course, it may have been gone, killed, or it's a paid service now. Mm -hmm. So how can one, um, I guess, prepare to, to kind of embrace these kind of technology? when a lot of the times it's it disappears pretty much yeah I and I think I think you know just like anything else you have to use a little bit of common sense and you have to you have to be prepared mm. in case something like this happens you know and what 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 will what would be your exit strategies what would be your alternatives and mm -hmm. what would be your options if something like this were to happen and you know another class of cases there could be an instance where you're using well, teaching online here, if we were to use, like, Google applications mm -hmm. uh, and I had a student that was uh, in China, mm -hmm. they wouldn't have access to it because Google's banned all their applications right. in China. Mm -hmm. and, and we've had that instance come up. I had a faculty email me last week, and she was using um, blog blogger application, which mm -hmm. is owned by Google, and her class is actually going to China um, for, for a class trip, yeah. and she's like, what, what are my alternatives, because I can't right. use that in mm -hmm. China. So, so you have to definitely think about that kind of stuff. And alternatives to Ning is what, what else is out there that's like, that's Ning, where can we go? Mm -hmm. And I, luckily, I found a really cool article, and we'll post it in the show notes, and I'll, I'll post it here into the chat room. But this article is just basically all about alternatives to Ning. And there's got to be, I think if I remember correctly, about 10, 10 different alternatives, you know, sites that are very similar to Ning, explains what they do and how they work. Right. And I was looking at it, and I, I, I honestly can say I don't recognize most of them. You I've know, which the there is almost a little up. bit red flag. Yeah, and I'm looking through some of the alternatives, and... Like I said, half of them, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I have no idea. I've never really heard of these. Mm -hmm. Zimbio made sense. I've heard of that one. Um, but that's certainly something that you're going to need to do. You're going to need to look at, into those and research them and see if that's the option, mm -hmm. um, especially if you're going to use it to create a social network or use it inside your class where, where you have that kind of fragile environment where it, it, it could be you know, important. If it so, could, so let me know. just ask you back to... To Ning, how were you actually using that um, service or application in your course? Like, what what sort of functionalities or attracted you to utilize it for your class? Well, the big thing for me when I was early designing this class is I wanted to give students the ability to embed stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, we were creating media for the web. That was kind of the focus of this class and one thing that they would be doing is they would be posting media to YouTube, posting it to Vidler, any of these kind of sites Sure. and we'd like to, wanted to offer it up for students to uh, to view the work mm -hmm. and you know you can simply paste a link into a discussion forum and do something like that but I wanted to introduce the concept of embedding because I think that takes 
takes like sharing media to another level because it essentially embeds it right in there without having to leave your site to go to another site. Unfortunately, the way that our e-college shell is set up is that mm -hmm. students cannot embed stuff in a discussion. In fact, students can't embed anything in a site. So, so I needed to think of another way to kind of get students to share this stuff in that kind of format. And I looked at a couple alternatives. I looked at doing a Google site. Mm -hmm. uh, I looked at, um, I'm trying to think what else I looked at. I think I looked at one or two other sites and I finally decided on Ning mm -hmm. and decided that what I would do is I would create this Ning and give the, give the students an area to kind of share this kind of stuff. But what I also did is I decided to add another level to that Ning and have them create a profile. And when they set up and join this the class social network, mm -hmm. they actually have a bunch of profile questions that they have to ask, and the little sure. icebreakers, and I get them to share music and different things like that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of added that whole element too. And in the past, it's worked out really well, and the students have actually used that to um, interact with one another. Mm -hmm. And another cool thing about it was it allowed students to go back and look at things after the semester's over because usually you get locked you're locked out of the course shell mm -hmm. and then all the content's right. stuck in there mm -hmm. here they still have access to the to these um, right. to the ning for their class and they can go in there see their old students work see what they posted sure. so so it worked out great it was just kind of like it was like a um uh, a second second point of presence for the course mm -hmm. with with just some alternative media and things like that so right. so that's kind of that was how i used it and what's been the feedback from the students that are actually utilizing Ning during the semester, did they um, did they enjoy it thoroughly, or did they think it was oh no, it's just another site, another login that I have to go in there and sign in and create an account? You know, and that that was another thing that I did think about was the fact that you know I didn't want to do too much of this with them having to create all these different accounts and whatnot, mm -hmm. and um, the, the 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 students that I had didn't have an issue with it. Mm -hmm. They they they're uh, um online students learning about online media and things like that so they're they're, they're a little bit above the curve mm -hmm. um, but that's certainly something I always think about you know what this kind of stuff and I have a colleague who teaches a less technical class to a less technical group of students right. and she thinks about that a lot too and so she's really been focused on keeping it to one or two applications and it's worked okay for her so um, Students, but other than that, the students have had no problems using the site. Mm -hmm. they, they they seem to have fun because they're able to do the, set up their own profiles to look and have the colors and look and feel that they like. They can add pictures. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it gives personality to each student. Right. And when you're teaching and you're taking an online class, mm -hmm. it's really hard to get some of that, especially within the eCloud shell because most of it's... Unfortunately, it's really text-based unless you integrate some of this media. Right. This outside Ning allows them to add pictures. They can put mm -hmm. pictures of their family, share exactly. it with the other students. It just um, seems it's very interactive and collaboratively where they can, you know, communicate with their fellow peers. Exactly. And anyone that's actually interested in the actual content or topic that you're covering. Exactly. And it's worked out really well for that. So. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to combat this when you, your semester starts in summer? Well, Have like I said, on like I said, if if we get locked out halfway through, we'll use that as an opportunity to discuss this concept right here because it's certainly something that could affect us, all of us, in the future. For sure. Um, and we'll come up with an alternative. Uh, you know, again, we have, I have that word, that link that I posted. I'm going to start looking at that. Right. Um, and we'll just take it from there. Uh, I, you know, and that's, I'm very much a take-it-day-by-day day kind of person. So, you know, something we'll figure it out. You know, no, no one's going to be harmed or anything like that. So, right. so we'll see. But 
just yeah. got to be, you have to be heads up for this kind of stuff. Sure. I, I certainly, it took me by surprise. I didn't expect it. Oh, I think it, so. it's, it's definitely taking um, the whole kind of educational environment by, it's thrown them off because now they have to kind of like scramble to find, you know, an alternative. Mm -hmm. So, so that's that. <laughs> so, um, we can see that we have some little piece of gadget, I yes. guess, that's lying on the, the table here. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, we'll, sitting here we'll right switch now. over to talk about web applications yeah. and now talk about this device. And No, um, I prepared a little review for this gadget that I obtained a couple weeks ago. Um, I guess if, if listeners, uh, I'd like, like to first welcome the new listeners as well um, to the show. And previously we have been um, talking about, you know, latest technologies and gadgets and so on. And just in case you have been out of the loop, Apple has come out with their new iPad, yes. which was launched probably about a month ago. iPad came out 28 days ago. Mm -hmm. um, they sold their... And the their... stats are alarming. Yeah. I, I mean, this certainly tells you a bunch of things. Um, they announced today that they sold 1 million iPads in 28 days. That's incredible. And... Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I mean, here it is. I can actually set this up. For those of you that are watching the video or viewing the live content here. Like the first time that I actually saw it, I was really blown away by how slick and beautifully designed. You probably might want to take it out of the case as well later yeah, on we'll just to see. But I was just thrown off by how tiny this little device I mean, is. You know, you compare it to the iPhone and iTouch, it's pretty much blown up. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the, the quality, um, watching movies, uh, listening to music, I was very impressed with it. So I've got a list of things here I'm going to talk about. Sure. Um, kind of my personal review on, on the device. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll, we'll go there from there. I know you've had a little bit of time to spend with it. I've had roughly... A month now with yeah. it, now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because I, I picked it up that day it came out. Um, but for, for, for main things, it's essentially, and most people say this, and it's very true to what they say, it's a giant iPod Touch. Um, pretty much no more, no less. Uh, but that, that does do make things a lot differently, and it does change the game mm -hmm. uh, as you start to think about this. Um, there's, it's obviously a bigger screen, which gives you a lot more options as far as application development. Right. There's more things you can do with the screen. You know, one thing that's you know we I've taken to with some with some friends of mine is that we've actually you can put there's board game applications. So you can actually set this down on a table and actually have an you know interactive experience, which is really interesting. Um, now that there's no, a lot of space in here, there's actually a couple websites you can go to, and they've actually taken the iPad apart and shown you what's inside. And it was it, just a matter of time. It's, it's funny because I have I have an iPhone right here, and the guts of the iPad are about this size, which you know just proves the fact that it's um, just a giant iPod. But other Empty than that, case pretty much. Well, no, the rest of it is all battery. Oh, okay. So it's a giant battery with the iPod guts and a big screen, and uh. that giant battery actually gives you a lot of time. The battery life on this thing is unbelievable. Um, I, I think they're saying 10 hours or really? something like that, and I've never had the thing on straight for 10 hours. But 10 hours with like straight video and yeah, yeah, full functioning, wow. and it seems to be it seems to be you know 
meeting that, meeting mm -hmm. those expectations. I've had no problem with battery issues or anything like that. Um, the App Store for the iPad, um, it's very interesting because one thing that it does is any iPhone or iPod app will work on here, mm -hmm. um, which is it's really interesting because it actually shows up the size that the screen is on the iPad, and you can zoom yeah, in yeah. if you want. Um, and I, I, I feel that the iPod and the iPhone applications aren't that exciting on here. But don't they charge differently? Well, it, all the all the iPhone apps, all the iPhone apps are the same price. And if you've already got them on here, it doesn't charge you to put them on 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 this device. Okay, so, so it just mm -hmm. basically calibrates according to exactly. the resolution of the screen. But then there's iPad specific applications, yep. and a lot of um, a lot of these companies are calling them like, for example, the Weather Channel. I think the Weather Channel calls their iPad app the Weather Channel Channel Extreme or something like that. A lot of lot of applications are calling them HD versions of the application. Right. And what they do is they do tack on a dollar or more, dollar or two more. It seems like per application. Really. Um, and I don't know, you know, if there's more involved in the back end, um, but they they certainly do that. But the applications for the iPad specifically are at around five thousand right now and growing. Wow. Which is qu quite a bit in a month. Um, and and the, the applications specifically are, um, I'll talk about those in a little bit. Um, they're, they're mediocre at best at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, another cool thing, and I don't have it in this one, is that you can get these device. You can get an iPad with an actual 3D or 3G, 3G card in it, and sure. that gives you the ability to get onto AT&T's 3G network. Right. And AT&T has offered some halfway decent pricing, in my opinion. They'll charge right. you 30 bucks. Because that only just came into play, right? Right, just yeah, charge. just this over the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and they and AT and T will charge you thirty bucks a month to use this, and there's no contract, so you can go month to month, which right. I think is really neat. So if you need to use the three G for a month, you can turn it right. on and then turn it off if you're up for paying the thirty bucks. Mm -hmm. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, it's got a keyboard that's integrated to the screen. And I'll talk a little bit about whether that works really well. And another feature is now that you can do it's got the whole Apple iBook store. Mm -hmm. And there's a Kindle app that allow you to pull in the app, uh, books from your Kindle as well on here. So, so those are kind of the features that it comes with. As far as the pro, the pro, I'm going to talk about pros and cons. What I liked and what mm -hmm. I disliked about this. If you can talk, I might just okay. see if I can demonstrate for users to see what it looks like. So the, um, the good thing about it is that it's, just turn it off. it's portable. It's really portable. It's smaller than a netbook as far as weight wise I, I think this thing comes in about a, at a pound um, it's definitely much smaller than a laptop or something like that and it's a little bit bigger than an iPhone so you have this awesome screen size that allow you to you know if you're a business person this is great for taking into meetings you don't have to haul in a laptop it, it pulls in your email does your web stuff your calendaring all that stuff really well um, I, I think that's the biggest Pro about this device is the concept, mm -hmm. um, because we're going to see some competitor competitors coming out with similar devices in the next few months, and it's it's just showing you the fact that this concept is a game changer. This is going to change the way things are. In, in my opinion, I feel like this is a replacement to a netbook. A netbook was kind of this easy toting, easy um, easy carrying small laptop that you know had basic features like internet and things like that here you have something that's smaller it does all that stuff and it's always on it's got that always on 
functionality. In other words, a laptop you, or a small laptop, you have to boot it up, turn it on or turn it off, and wait for the boot cycles to go and for, for the operating system to load up. For this, you turn it off and you turn it on in an instant. I don't know about that. I mean, I, I still think it can't really compare with a netbook because that's almost like a full functioning. I don't even know where my netbook up. went ever since I got this. <sighs> And, and it's crazy to think that, you know, I've been going out to different um, computer stores and really it's almost like the netbook's been phased out or now it's it's like near to nothing in terms of price. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like what I could do with a netbook, I mean, there's other like external peripherals that I can plug in and stuff. When I first looked at the, the iPad, I was pretty much... Had it in my hand. I was looking around. It was there was nothing that mm -hmm. I could connect. And, and, with. and that's that's something a lot of people discussed. Mm -hmm. And I think I think when it boils down to, and this is probably something Apple Apple thought about, is the average user doesn't care about that stuff. They don't care about if I can plug in a mouse, if I can plug in my external cards. Mm -hmm. um, they want something that works and doesn't break and is easy to use. And that was this, that's the success of the iPod and the iPhone is the same concept is it just works. Mm -hmm. and, they don't ha and, and the average consumer doesn't have to worry about it. Now like geeks like you and I were like, well I want a camera connected to this. I want to be able to plug right. in this. This doesn't work for me. And, and a lot of people and, and when it first got announced, that was the one of the bigger um, voices you heard were for, from geeks who were upset about the fact that it didn't have all this stuff. They right. were upset that it wasn't running OS 10 mm -hmm. and, and things like that. So, so I think Apple really thought about that, and I think they did take this in the right direction and kept it simple. And what that did is it, it prevented additional issues that could have risen with this. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, that's one of the biggest complaints is the fact that it doesn't have a camera built in. And, um, Just think how much more powerful it would be if you were wanting to do video conferencing. Mm -hmm. Now the fact that you can take this device, pretty much roam around anywhere in your building or even at home, and do a, a conferencing kind of most communicating people, tool. Mo there. Most people feel pretty confident that you'll see a camera oh, here by sure. the end of the year. Oh, for sure. With anything yeah. with these products, you know, the very first base model is Yeah, basic. most Apple users are used to this. Um, you know, they, they just add features every couple months that, you know, get you to buy another one. That's been their business model from day one, and it's always worked for them. So I think you'll see a camera. Some people speculate there's actually a spot inside the iPad waiting for it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I wouldn't be surprised uh, if you see it anytime soon. So uh, how do you actually use this device? I've used it. Um, like what's the actual main purpose for you purchasing it? For me, for me purchasing it, um, obviously, I'm you know I, I get it to research the device and developing on there and things like that. But um, as a regular device, like I said, it's replaced any need for my netbook. Mm -hmm. um, it's like you know in a in a table when I'm sitting there eating dinner and I need to look something up real quick. Instead of hauling a laptop or running the computer, I just fire this thing up. They just turn it on and, and go, go to town. In front of the TV, I, I got an awesome Wikipedia up on there. You know, I'm always watching TV, and I, some questions pop in my head. Go right there, pull it up. Um, in meetings, it's great for meetings because, like I said, it's just like carrying a folder around. You open it up. You know, if you have to access email, your calendar, mm -hmm. pull up a website real quick, it's perfect for that. So you couldn't do that with your iPhone? I could do it with my iPhone, but 
there's it's that bigger screen that just you know it just adds another you know another level to this um then there's a netflix app a lot of people have talked about the netflix app and that's great for watching movies and things like that it streams right from your netflix account if you have one it's cool like that one thing i'm really looking forward to is using this in the airplane i'm flying to ohio over the weekend mm -hmm. and i'm looking forward to using this in the airplane you know i might put a movie on there right. um I, i'm really excited for that so so there's just th those i think are the really cool things that this could benefit from mm -hmm. um i guess my i look at um one of the the cons of this is with with any uh, new product that apple comes out and obviously they still has ties with at&t how is the the actual network going to be able to support this especially when They've got so many X number of users that are on the iPhone mm -hmm. um, using running on their, their mm -hmm. network. Now with the iPad, they're offering these new service with the 3G coverage. Yep. It's got to slow down the, anyone, the anyone who has an iPhone is probably equally as frustrated as the rest of us with the AT&T connectivity and the 3G. Mm -hmm. And that was one reason why I, was, I didn't wait for the 3G on here because it's, it, it could very well be a mess. Mm -hmm. It could be very slow. Who knows? Um, it's already slow. AT&T says they're working as fast as possible, as hard as possible to keep upgrading their network. And, you know, people just have to tolerate it. There's rumors that we may see some of these devices by Apple on Verizon. Um, nothing's been confirmed. You never know until Apple announces it or not. So, so a lot of people, are, you know, have hopes that something like that will happen sometime soon. But yeah, there, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that makes this far from perfect, and that's certainly one mm -hmm. of it. A very, very big one. It's been a huge discussion for the last two months. Is just um, this kind of quarrel they've had, uh, Apple's had with Adobe. Um, and it's over a bunch of things, but the big thing is Flash and um, Apple not allowing Flash to work on, on these devices. And uh, basically, Adobe and Apple have had a war of words with this for, for the last couple of weeks. And what it really boiled down to was Adobe pulled out of development, um, so they're not going to develop further try to develop Flash wow. on here. And Apple's basically said it's just Hog's resources. You know, it's just a war of words going back and forth. Yeah, but that almost kills half the 50% of applications and websites. It's, you know, there's a lot of websites that are Flash-based. A lot of video on the web these mm -hmm. days are, are Flash-based. And Apple has decided to take the H.264 route and use that video format mm -hmm. for their standard on this device. And what a lot of people are doing, they're converting their sites to work on that. A perfect example is YouTube is a um, has in beta an H.264 HTML5 version of the website that is fully functional on this device, and there's no flash in there whatsoever. Wow. Um, and all their all YouTube's video is converted already in that format, and you can view it with the with the YouTube app on here. So you know, so you certainly have that. But in the meantime, a lot of those sites have spent you know thousands, hundreds of thousands of hours sure. to develop using Flash. Right. They're not going to work on right. here, and you're going to start seeing some alternatives and seeing some things that happen to that. Mm -hmm. um, the so apps. is that kind of Apple's strategy, strategy to kind of take, I guess, web developing, coding kind of into a new direction where, you know, you've got to find alternative ways because if one sort of format doesn't work, then you've got to obviously have a backup. So with this HTML5 coding, it's almost like a new what, standard or coding that's come into place. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It's just, you know, an updated, updated standards for for the web for browsing the web and it's incorporated mm -hmm. um, video 
um, primarily H.264 video to work with it. Right. And along with those two standards, as the browsers figure things out, you're going to see more and more sites like that. Mm -hmm. And to Apple's, you know, that's part of the, you know, the route that they're going. Um, when more and more sites become HTML5 compliant, they should work perfectly fine on these devices. So, um, but you know, there's there's a lot of other things that you know I'm still you still need to be ironed out with this thing. The apps. I said there were five thousand apps out there. I would say less than ten percent of those apps are worth even putting on the device. A lot of them are just upgraded versions of the iPhone app, and and they really hadn't thought about the new interface and the way people use this. And that's actually one thing I'm excited about. Not so much the iPad, but just these tablets. This is like a new paradigm for um, portable media, and it's going to be insane where these things go, especially with these screens. Like I was saying, you know, we're able to play a board game now without having the board. It's all right on here, and you can carry thousands of board games now. You right. know, there's chess boards out here for this. You know, this is a this screen size is much easier to play chess than, than on a small iPhone. So you couldn't actually interactively play with another person with an iPad, or uh, could you? The, it, it's, I'm sure it's going to come. I've yet to see a game that's out that does that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you're going to see that. Gaming is going to be really big on here. Um, there's just a lot of opportunity for some really dynamic applications. Mm -hmm. um, just haven't seen a lot of them yet. Um, right. But you'll see them soon. Um, you, Wired, Wired Magazine has been developing this tablet application that's, you know, in their opinion, the future of, the, of bringing in media. And I think when we start seeing more companies that um, kind of take these ideas and kind of implement them, it's just going to bring out the power of what you can get with this device. So so it'll take some time. So right now the apps, they're kind of mediocre, but they'll, they'll certainly get better. Mm -hmm. um, the weight, the weight, it's yeah, only it's a pound. Incredible. That, that's good, but it's also not as light as it would be nice because mm -hmm. um, a lot of people looking at this to looking at getting something like this instead of an Amazon Kindle or a Barnes and Noble Nook which are those e-readers mm -hmm. and um, those e-readers are a lot lighter than this in fact they're closer to the weight of smaller books and I'll tell you what after a little bit holding this with one hand it does get heavy um, it, 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 <laughs> that's incredible to think that I know I know but if you want to read if you want to read a you know 400 500 page book right. you're not going to be holding this thing the whole time well, I can you guarantee just you buy one of these cases and put it on the stand mm -hmm. or something that's true and you would have to do that but you know that's the point with with that Kindle you can just pick it up and sit here like this mm -hmm. hold it in your hand with one hand and read it and not your arm will not get tired um, and that's another thing the, the, the screen on here is great mm -hmm. it's not amazing for reading compared to like the e-ink that mm -hmm. Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble use on their devices um, but most people have reported that their eyes don't get tired on here and it's mm -hmm. a fairly enjoyable reading experience but still far from what the experience that you get on those devices mm -hmm. so you know there's definitely some work that needs to be done with that um, another another issue I have with this device is it's expensive the low end exactly. model 16 gigabyte model starts at um, $500. Well, well, think about Apple's strategy. When they first came out with the iPhone, it was what, retail for $600 about three years ago, like their first generation mm -hmm. phone. Mm -hmm. People still bought it. Yeah. And I think with, with this, I think give another year or so, I'm yeah. sure the prices will lower itself in, in terms of um, greater competition right. from other um, vendors. Comment in the chat room asking sort of thoughts on the stylus. In fact, that's, that's a very interesting comment. A lot of people have been curious about that. I had a colleague of mine 
was looking at this, and and he has an older tablet that he he it's it's basically glued to him. He's you know he uses it everywhere he goes. Mm -hmm. And the first thing he said, he's like, "Where's the stylus?" Yeah. And uh, it, it's kind of funny. And I think this goes along the lines with this kind of paradigm shift. There is no stylus. Why would you even think of having a stylus? And that's kind of the, the thought process that Apple has with this. It's like, you don't need a stylus. You just do everything with your finger. And as he tried to well, write... it comes with a kind of a, a QWERTY, full-functioning There's a keyboard, keyboard but there's still no type. stylus, so you can't jot stuff per se. And, and that was certainly an issue he had with it because I brought up one of the Adobe, Adobe actually has a, um, a drawing program on here and I had him, I brought it up and he was trying to write near and he couldn't do it. He's like, yeah, that's, that's definitely not going to work. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some third party styluses come sure. out. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't want it. I, I don't need it. I'm fine without it. Um, I can, you know, I, I'm better off using a keyboard than writing because my handwriting's terrible anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, the, the, the drawing app on here that Adobe had is actually really sensitive. It works really well, you know. It's not going to replace writing with a pen or anything like that. But I mean, I would think that any voice recognition sort of software would want to make an app for this so you you just be talking into the recorder right and then it will yeah. record your notes there, rather there than is, you having to there is voice recognition it. this does have a microphone and you know um dragon yeah. they make naturally speaking mm -hmm. sure. they have an app application that's on here that i can certainly put on here sure. mm -hmm. that'll record your voice turn it to text and it, it's amazing mm -hmm. and, and, and in other words yeah replacing the need for status and languages well we've <laughs> tried it with you i think we'll have to try it a few times but i think it was better with me than right. it was with you, but yeah, certainly. So, so, um, so the, yeah. So you know, like I said, it's not perfect. I think the price point, mm -hmm. you know, just like any device, it it will come down, you know, in time. But you know, Apple's always been kind of a premium brand, and they've always talked about that. So, um, and again, there are alternatives. This isn't the only thing out here. Um, HP's got that slate they announced. Mm -hmm. I'm really intrigued what's going to happen there because they just also announced um, uh, a, pr a purchase of Palm. And they, they, in their um, little conference call that they did, they said, basically said, without saying that the reason they wanted Palm mm -hmm. was not for their 1,500 patents and all that kind of stuff, but for the web OS operating system that runs on the Palm Pre and the Palm Pixie. Right. And they're in the process of getting ready to release the Slate, which is almost identical to this, but it's running Windows 7. Mm -hmm. And they it, it sounds like that HP is going to further develop the web OS to go on their tablets. So. I read it was, they, they uh, anticipate it will be, I think, released in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so yeah and I think that will be with Windows October. 7, but I, I don't see soon after where you'll see one running WebOS, which will be opti much more optimized for this. Mm -hmm. um, Google, there's reports that Google's going to have a tablet out soon running either Chrome OS or and their Android operating system. A lot of people have lot big high hopes for that. Mm -hmm. and the Android operating system has been climbing and climbing and climbing every year um, or every month as far as the market share of the phone OS. And people are really getting comfortable with that. App development's big on there. So that's certainly an alternative. Um, netbooks are still an alternative. They're really affordable. You know, you can get them now running Windows 7 very well. And, and those, you know, usually start at 200 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, and those already have your, ex, you know, your peripherals that you like, right. like your USB. And if you want your webcam, they all kind of have that kind of stuff. It's ironic because they really pretty much phase out the 8.9-inch ones mm -hmm. that I think when they first came out. It was around that size, so now I think that the the base model are uh, 10.1 inches. 
So then it, it makes me kind of um, leads me to believe. Well, what what about um, laptops and and e-readers and so? How do they or these other um, devices? How are they going to compete with devices like the iPad, the HP Slate? Where does that put them? I guess in the future, do yeah, they I need to try to reinvent themselves, or do they just completely stay out of the market and, I think and kind of like focus on what they are? I think you'll, there will always be a space for those, not nearly like they were in the past. Mm -hmm. I mean, their laptops will always be around. Um, smaller laptops like netbooks will have their place. I mean, for this place. price, I mean, mm -hmm. I would rather, for me, my personal preference, I'd rather get, you know, two netbooks or a, a decent laptop for mm -hmm. that price where I can do pretty much everything, whereas with um, one of these devices, mm -hmm. for example, think, the iPad, I, I I'm very limited. I think it's preference, but I think, and this is one thing that's going to take some time. Like I was saying, this is a paradigm shift. This is not only a replacement to a laptop or something, but it's a different experience. Uh, and as application develop becomes smarter to that, mm -hmm. and as they figure this out, you're, you're going to see a shift to these kind of devices more often. We've already seen it with like the Kindle and the eBooks, and this is just the next step. And it's, I think it's going to keep going in that direction. And it, it might ultimately come to the point where it might just replace your laptop. Um, in the future, you know, they might have somewhat bigger ones that you can get. <clears throat> I honestly think that it's it's the next step in the evolution of um, portable computing. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, right now, you know, the skeptics are like, I don't have my plugs. I can't plug all my USB stuff in here. Right. You, you'll see devices. You'll, uh, you'll, things will change, and it, it, I think it's a matter of time. And that's just my personal opinion on that. So, mm -hmm. um, again, I don't think the iPad is the perfect device. It's great for early adopters. It's great for people who want the newest gadgets, want to be able to play with the cool apps. But I think it'll be in time after you start seeing more development on here um, before I would recommend people getting this. Because right now, I certainly wouldn't recommend person someone to go spend out 500 bucks and get it exactly. unless they have a really specific need. Exactly. Um, but you know, apparently a million people wanted it, so there's a million of them out there. And we're, <laughs> we're going to definitely see more. But as the uh, marketplace becomes not so much flooded, but as more more um, alternatives come in we're going to have it's, it's just a whole nother genre mm -hmm. and I'm excited for it I'm excited for the opportunities that we're going to have as consumers as educators as teachers um, the stuff that we can do with this oh for sure I mean I think Apple's clearly set example for example well, for example the the I, um, iPhone look at where it's actually taken our everyday life it's mm -hmm. it's jam-packed into this very tiny device that we rely on so heavily to to communicate with others, to rely on um, even to, to pull up our calendars, events, um, communicate with our mm -hmm. um, friends, family, students, etc. So it's really shifted in the way how we operate as a society. Yep, it's all about being connected 24-7 and the easier that can be done, the mm -hmm. better for most people. So. Oh, good. So there you have it. Let's see, Apple iPad version one. Um, stay so, tuned for version two. I well, mean, stay I'm, tuned I'm for version two for, for more devices <laughs> exactly. and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but that's it for today's show. Mm -hmm. um, we're trying to try a little new format today, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep you know the ever evolution of the Tech Heads podcast will continue changing. Mm, um, sure. But we just wanted to thank everyone for either listening or watching us live, mm -hmm. um, contributing in the, into the chat, the, chat, the email, right. contacts, all that kind of stuff. Um, 
to keep updated to all this stuff, you can go to our website, and that's techheads.com. That's T-E-C-H-H-E-D-S.com for technology and higher education. Um, send us some email. If you got any feedback, you can go there and hit contact. Um, you can also follow us on uh, Twitter. Twitter so. at CU Online. That's C-U-O-N-L-I-N-E. And, you know, we're always... I think our, I thought our um, Facebook, sorry, our, our Twitter account was UC Denver. No, our Twitter account is CU Online. Oh, that's yes. oh, okay. So go ahead, follow us on Twitter. Um, and Facebook as well. Yes, Facebook as well. Yeah, Facebook, we're CUC Denver. Okay. So. <laughs> well, better change that. Or, well, wait, no, wait, I'm trying to think now. I think we are CUN, and I can't remember now. The UC Denver's university, but then we have one for our department. Okay. Go to our website. That's yeah. where it has. The website is smarter than us. So. Exactly. Uh, we, we can't keep up with all this. Name-changing. Well, I want to thank everyone, and hopefully we'll be back next Monday. I know a person I won't. I'll leave that up to Anna to decide. If not, for sure, in two weeks, we'll have another smart episode coming up. Yep, and we'll be uh, reviewing maybe something else. Yes. Stay tuned. So have a good, have a good week, everyone, That's and right. enjoy the first week of May, and we'll talk to everyone soon. All right, see ya. Ciao.